So I'm going to get going now, but I wanted to talk about the topic I'll likely talk about tomorrow, which is going to be doing work for free. Now, it's going to be an interesting one because it's kind of a contested topic, particularly when it comes to internships or learning things as you go. First of all, many people learn things by doing, and that has its own merits on its own of, of doing work for free so you can gain the experience and learn new things. Now, when you put that against the idea that people need to, you know, eat food, uh, that becomes a very difficult thing. What situations should you work for free in? What situations should you say no in? Um, you know, it, it's kind of an interesting balance between doing free work for somebody who kind of deserves it and who is, like, who you're willing to give it to and what is actually not really taking too much of your time and, and what is good for exposure versus somebody who is trying to seep too much energy and time out of you, expecting something for free that you didn't offer for free. And, um, yeah, those are the, those are, those are kind of like the two, two major segments that I want to discuss tomorrow when, as it pertains to working for free. And then there's the, the notion of speculative, speculative work when it comes to being a creative and then even from a client perspective, looking at websites like 99designs and, you know, cheap people are, are offering $50 logos on Craigslist or whatever. Oh, I've got a sale right now, $50 logos. And how, how enough talented people not doing work for free is actually hurting the business, hurting creativity, hurting graphic design more than it's helping. Now, to give you a quick preview of what my thoughts are on that, is that graphic design, you know, because we're putting a gate on higher level creatives, we're actually making the cheaper, less qualified people more accessible. So, what I'm really getting at is that by not allowing people who can't necessarily afford our services to not see the quality of our work, it is letting people who are less experienced get more exposure, therefore cheapening the overall value of designers and the industry. Instead of, instead of seeing someone that's done a f couple of free things for them of great quality, and then the fourth time saying, all right, uh, unfortunately, I don't have time to help you right now. Um, you know, but, you know, for a certain price, maybe we can make this work a little bit faster, or maybe I can put you ahead of the line. Because then you, you kind of show off that, that your demand is, is growing. Um, it's, it's a tricky topic, so I'm kind of like working on the fly. But there is some sort of like mix of, of, of offering some work for free, but then also offering other kinds of work for a premium. Uh, but making sure that you're not just like, completely gating off who you are, that you're offering some sort of value to people who can't necessarily afford your services, because we're not taking enough charge of making sure that young designers or inexperienced designers aren't taking, aren't being taken advantage of, and that people who are, you know, that the, 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 the mass perception of graphic design isn't negatively tainted. Because so far, right now, a lot of people say like, oh, I'll just get my little cousin who knows Photoshop, he's 15, he hasn't, you know, he can just whip up a little logo for me in an instant. And, and 
you know, part of that is the perception of quality and um, what they think is good versus what maybe they haven't been exposed to as being good. It's a matter of perception and a matter of what works. It's not necessarily aesthetic as well. It's about proving your value from a digital communication side of it as well, which is why I've personally kind of rebranded myself as a design and creative consultant as opposed to a graphic designer because I feel like a graphic designer as a medium, as a title, has become cheapened over the years, unfortunately. So I feel like to elevate myself personally and to allow myself to better share creative tips and ideas and things of that ilk, um, being a creative consultant kind of allows me to do more of those things. And in order to get to that point where people are paying me, I got to do a lot of things for free. So that's a lot of the stuff I want to talk about tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to play some music and I'll talk to you later. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. I remember this morning that I have to do this first before I do anything else because I get distracted and then I start running out of time and then I don't do it. So this comes before pretty much anything else, usually before conversations, before um, any kind of news or checking in, call in, checking in with call-ins or anything like that. Um, if you saw before this, I posted a whole lot of music from last night. I was up watching The Matrix, my wife was asleep, uh, and I was just thinking about music for some reason. I was just thinking about music as it relates to my life and past situations, and it was, it was nice to share all those things. I didn't share the specifics behind those songs, but to me I felt like I was sharing something by sharing the songs from, you know, throughout my life. So I'll be continuing to do that on this podcast and on this Anchor Station. Uh, so if you're not on Anchor, if you're listening on the podcast version, go to anchor.fm slash Christian Rivera, and you can actually hear this same podcast, but at the end of it, I'll likely post some music, and throughout the day, I share some music that I like and I appreciate, that I think, uh, at least a lot of people that grew up with me would appreciate as well, <laughs> and it's nice when you, you find people who do appreciate your kind of music, you feel like you click on a level that is, like, unique and different, so... Uh, that always feels really good. Anyway, hi, welcome to the C-Note Audio Extravaganza! I'm still kind of sick, uh, and not feeling too great. Um, I don't feel too, too much better than I did yesterday. I was hoping for an exponential increase, because the difference between Wednesday and Thursday was, was, like, 50%, and today it feels like a 5% difference. I maybe feel a tiny bit better, but, I don't know, my voice still doesn't sound great, I'm still sniffly, um... My head doesn't feel as, like, woozy or congested. It's still a little bit, but, like, I can hear things normally. Yesterday, I couldn't really hear things well. Everything sounded like, like, Charlie Brown. It all sounded like that. So I was having meetings, and people were talking, and I was like, yeah, I think I know what you said. <laughs> Just kind of going through the motions. I don't know. It was, it was not, not a good time. Uh, and then people were like calling my name and the thing is too at my work I, I my name is Christian Rivera if I didn't cover that already and there are two other Christians at work there are Christians not only that but someone at work doesn't know how to or, or can't for some reason uh, and I'm not gonna judge why can't really say my name properly she always says Kristen also um, 
or it's some elaborate joke. I can't really tell. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's trying to, she tries to get my attention and I ignore it because all I hear is Kristen. And then I hear the voice in my direction. I'm like, oh, you're speaking to me. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> uh, what, what, what can I do for you? Um, so we have, we have two other Kristens who both spell it the same way, not the same as me, but the same as each other. So that creates confusion amongst themselves. And then sometimes people get confused between Kristen and Christian. And it's, it's like, it's like going to Starbucks all the time. You know, just misspelling your name or missaying your name all the time. I get, ever since I was a kid, I've always gotten Kristen, Kristan, Christian, uh, which is right. Uh, but with a C, not C-H. Um, or Cristiano, or Christina, or Kristen. It's, it's, uh, it's, I can't even, if you go back into my, like, Instagram feed, you can see all of the Starbucks cups that have my name spelled wrong. Uh, it's, it's a little bit deep in there, but you'll find it. Anyway, so welcome to the day, today's podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about working for free, the perks, the pros and cons, which is kind of like a theme that I do. I like to talk about the pros and cons of things and the nuances of a lot of things because not everything is yes or no. And in this case, it's not everything is yes or no, but I think the way that the general public is approaching it or a lot of professionals are approaching it is a little bit flip-flopped. Um, you know, particularly in this world of social media or this very salesy world, it, uh, it can get flip-flopped and a lot of people get discouraged and they wonder like, why am I not getting enough business? Well, it's because maybe you're putting a gate on all of your information. Uh, you know, it's like designers who work together. Uh, if somebody, if you're working with somebody and they're like, you know, no, I'm not going to show you all my techniques because then you're going to get better than me. Like, eh, that's a little messed up. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, let's kick it off. Let's go. Drums, all right so welcome officially to the podcast you made it through the intro congratulations you get uh me talking for a while longer no actual prize unless you consider this a prize then i'm flattered i mean my voice is not all that great sometimes it's great I like it in the morning. It's a little bit more raspy, a little bit more manly. <laughs> uh, it just feels better. It's not really about manliness. It's just, I don't know. I like being able to talk kind of lower. It's more my natural cadence. So, um, you know, my, my wife's not a big fan because sometimes I talk too low and she's like, speak up. I can't hear you. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I'm just super lazy. So sometimes speaking low like that just feels better. I, I don't know. I like the... I like the, the the graveliness a little bit. It's still pretty high. Like my voice naturally is kind of in a higher range, but uh, when it's in a lower register, it's kind of fun. Um, I kind of used the lower so tone in my song just one time. Uh, I didn't mean to do like a plug there, but it kind of works. SoundCloud.com/slash/ringforthefences. You know, whatever. <laughs> Shameful plug. Um, anyway. So I wanted to talk about working for free. I, I think it's, I haven't really worked through this idea, but it's something I've thought about for a long time, so I'm just going to talk about it and see where it goes. Um, working for free is often misunderstood as 
something that is like sometimes people get an elitist attitude when it comes to working for free I think it really depends on the situation and it depends on the client I don't think anyone should work for free for someone who is a crappy person or a crappy client or someone who is difficult to work with honestly for me like when I find a client that is so easy to work with I feel like it's heaven and it feels more natural to me it feels like I would want to do the work for free now of course like you know we got to pay the bills so it's a situation where you you're really trying to find a unicorn of a client like somebody who's easy to work with and somebody who's trying to pay the bills now I would more likely to do a little bit extra for a client so let's assume a client when I refer to client is someone who is paying uh, I'm a little bit more willing to do something for a client who is easy to work with and is not giving me difficulties which is the same thing <laughs> um, somebody who is uh, not asking me a lot of dumb questions or who is um, not necessarily trying to inject their design sense and just telling me you know not just treating me like I'm a, a hand that knows how to use Photoshop you know what I mean which is one of those types of clients and maybe in the future I'll do an episode on the different types of clients that we all deal with because that's always fun to, to discuss <laughs> um, so you know, I'm more likely to give a little bit extra to a client who is like a good person who knows what they're doing who is not being like demanding and um, is you know being respectful and understands that you're a professional and treats you as such uh, and then there are the kinds of clients who are difficult and they treat you like you're a service. Uh, and you are a service, but they treat you the same way that, you know, somebody who goes up to the register at Target and starts complaining about uh, someone not moving fast enough or, um, you know, someone who is like prone to complain in situations, you know, someone who complains about not getting their way. You know what I mean? like the type of person who is always complaining about something at the grocery store or just simply being a pain all the time. Uh, that's not the type of person you want to deal with. You know, I, I had a client once ask me for a, um, like a book cover and I asked her for reference. I was like, okay, so, um, do you have any ideas of like what style you would like? Is there any kind of look or feel or any kind of objects or any any sort of things you would like to throw at me before I give you ideas? And she was like, she was like, why would I have to give you anything? That's basically what it was. And I was like, all right, well, uh, it doesn't sound like we're going to communicate well, so I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, a little bit later in my career, but, you know, you, that's when you can afford to get picky. But, you know, I, I think at any stage in your career, you should allow yourself to be run over like that, even if you're an intern. And we'll talk about internships next. So next, let's talk about internships, which is typically free work. Um, and, and that is maybe the misnomer is that it's free work. It's not really free. I mean, you're trading your time for the value that comes with the experience and being brought into a work environment at a pretty much lower stakes level, meaning 
you really don't have to have as much of a crazy portfolio as someone who is planning to get hired. You know, you're you're almost selling your potential as much as you're just you know you're not really selling your portfolio when it comes to like graphic design and stuff like that. They they look at like the potential of what you're capable of and and what you can achieve because I I assure you there is a strong chance that every intern intern yeah intern portfolio is is wrought with problems and even those problems can be overlooked because it's the fact that yeah it's an internship you know there's you look at the teaching potential in most cases you look at somebody who who seems like they're willing to learn and ask questions and be a part of it because it's it's a learning experience for them you you should consider it a part of the college experience and you know this 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 works for even people outside of college who are older but typically it's around college age towards the end of college or immediately after college and i think that's where the problem of free internship versus paid internship comes in because a lot of these a lot of these kids are doing it after college um and maybe they're waiting a while to get into it and you know maybe that's their problem you know it's it's you, it's sort of a framing of the experience like you have to look at it as a a gaining experience sort of thing it's like a post college or pre college uh pre end of college pre graduation sort of thing where you're getting your foot into the working world because nobody has to do anything for you at all nobody has to hire you anywhere and if you don't want an internship then fine try to just jump into the working world you know if you want to get paid get a job like why would you try to get a paid internship that that's what that's what blows my mind that's what confuses me like internship is for experience a job is a job there's there's really no crossing of the streams so i think it's like i think it's the fact that somebody heard that somebody was you know initially like somebody heard that like oh you got paid for an internship and then suddenly everybody was like i want to get paid too everybody wants to get paid of course and it would be rad for you know paid internships to exist but I, honestly, like I don't think businesses are required to do that. I don't think they should be. Um, I, I think it helps. I think it's good for the intern to <clears throat> be able to to learn the value of working for free, the value of their time, to the value of an experience, to where they have to ask questions and realize, okay, I've got three months of this thing, where. I'm in this company that I probably wouldn't be in if I was trying to get hired. So I need to take advantage of it. I need to ask questions. I need to provide work for free. I need to be able to, you know, hone my design skills. I need to be able to volunteer and offer as much of my services as possible. So A, maybe they'll hire me at the end of this, which happened to me. And B, you know, I'm going to take something away from this. I'm not just going to sit here and complain that ugh, I'm not getting paid. Fuck that. Sorry for my language. But like frame you just got to change your frame of mind. Don't be a spoiled brat about it. <laughs> I mean that respectfully. It's like uh you know, it it's it's even when you're even when you're older and you're changing careers, like if you're learning a new craft and you want to get your foot into that industry you'll have to provide work for free whether it is through an internship or by finding people who are in your niche and offering your services to them saying 
like, hey, I'm, I'm trying this out. I would love to be able to do this for you uh, for free. And if you like it, great. If you don't, awesome. That's what I did for Darling Rage Nation's theme song because I've made music before, but I've never made somebody's theme song. And I'm curious because I would love to do that sort of thing. I think that would be a lot of fun. As you can tell by the end result, if you go to, well, earlier in my station, or I think she echoed it on her station as well. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it came out well. They did it for free. I'm not expecting anyone to pay for that sort of thing if I'm not comfortable and confident in what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, maybe you just keep doing it until someday somebody says, hey, how much do you charge? So doing free work holds the most value when you're trying to get your name out there, when you're trying to get your work out there, when you're trying to help friends out, help family out, um, you know, and, and let people know what you're capable of. For me, I'm at a stage of my career where I can kind of afford to help people, but at the same time, I'm trying a new thing with this creative consultant thing, so I'm expanding my horizon on the different kinds of things I'm doing for people doing music things, doing this podcast, uh, guesting on people's podcasts, uh, interviews and stuff, and consulting on a friend's, uh, he's doing a short film up in LA, and you know, they're on a low budget, and most people are on a low budget, so like, I don't know, it feels, it feels difficult to extract money from people who are already, you know, having a tough time. I feel like there's more value in me helping them grow so that when they acquire more money, they can actually say, hey, I got the money to hire you now. Let's do this. And they bring you along for the ride. It's kind of like rappers who become famous and then they bring their crew with them and, you know, they all become rich too. <laughs> it's kind of that thing. It's, it's, it sounds like leeching a little bit. It kind of is, I guess, but that's fine. I'm, you know, I've always been a person that likes to help expand on other people's potential. I know my potential. I know what I'm capable of. And I feel like I've had an issue with finding the right clients to pay what I feel my value is worth. So I'm kind of going in the other direction and where I'm trying to help people who are trying to create businesses, trying to spark new ideas and really give my expertise and my help to people that I feel are worth it, that I feel are doing something rad or trying something new or, um, who I just instinctively feel has a potential or that I just click with as a person and I appreciate who they are. Um, you know, that's why I, I, I give to people and I try to help. Um, and you know, I won't do it for situations that I don't feel are worth it. So I, I think for me, I can do it because I understand my time and my value and who I am. If I feel like someone's taking advantage of me, that's where I cut the cord and say, Nope, I'm sorry. That's where you got to start paying. Um, so the, the, I know that's a little arbitrary and it's a matter of my experience, but that's kind of how it is. I'm willing to give, give, give. And then, you know, after a while, if you're, if you have something to offer or something to sell, or you say like, Hey, you know, I could really help you by, you know, I have these packs or whatever, or, or you just say like, Hey, I'm going to do this for free. Pay whatever you want. If you, cause some people feel better paying for something, you know, they, they don't, you know, for me personally, I, I prefer to pay for things that I feel are worth the value because A, I don't like feeling like I owe someone someone. Um, that's more of a, uh, a trait of how I was raised, I guess. Um, 
sort of a slight immigrant mentality. I'm not an immigrant, but my parents were, so uh, I, I think that was kind of passed down. We don't like to feel like... And, and because, well, also, my parents would do that to me, where they would uh, give something to me and my siblings, like vacations, or we would go do stuff, and then they would hold it over our heads when they wanted something, and that's not cool. So that made me kind of rethink my trust issues <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so I don't like to do that. I don't like to have this feeling that, like, I owe someone something. It's just not for me. Uh, and I don't take advantage of that for with other people, though. So I don't mind saying, like, hey, you don't have to pay me. It's cool. I'm not worried about it. Like, the only thing I'm doing it for is the ROI of, like, friendship and good relationships and networking, you know? That in itself, like, I understand the value in that in itself. Like, I feel like that is payment enough in many cases. And that eventually leads to monetary gain. Uh, I'm not quite there at the moment, but usually it's like you do some things for free, and then you hear from somebody that is a friend of that person, and then they email you, and then they say, hey, I heard, I heard that you did a great job for my friend. How much do you charge? And that's a situation where, like, you don't know them, so, like, maybe put out a number, and if they say, you know, that's when you can start negotiations. So it, it's this mix of, like, not necessarily always working for free, but sometimes working for free for the people that you believe in, you trust, and, and you want to give your time to. It's a matter of personal philosophy, but for me, I like being able to help people, and I've got the expertise to do it in a quick, amount, quick enough amount of time where it doesn't really affect my bottom line. I'm going to stress this part quite a bit, because it is super important. I know I just talked about helping friends, but you have to be careful. Be very careful when it comes to working with friends and family, particularly when it comes to doing things for free. Because of the loyalty of friends and family, they're gonna expect that something is gonna be free every single time. And you have to you have to kind of put a disclaimer out there before you do any kind of work for free and say, hey, I'm gonna help you this time, but it might not necessarily be free every single time. You know, depending on time, the situation, whatever. I just want to make sure you know that ahead of time. Because some people will come back to you and try to take advantage of you. They'll try to say like, hey, can you make another one? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you?" And they'll start demanding a full-time job of you. So you have to be careful. And you can really only do this with friends and family or close, you know, close acquaintances uh, if you are a person that is comfortable saying that you're comfortable saying no. Um, for me, I've always been a very assertive person. Uh, I've got a bit of bravado and charm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just tooting my own horn a little bit. Um, but for me, I've always been very comfortable setting the boundaries for who I am and how I want to be treated and uh, how I want to be approached. So, for instance, even in a personal situation at home, and I do this with my wife all the time, I let her know if I don't like something, and typically I'll, I'll kind of help her through it, but I'll let her know, like, next time, like, this is not cool, this is not going to work. So, like, you know, it, it was a situation where, like, we had a friend who brought over a whole bunch of mulch to the house, and it was a really nice gesture, but I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't hear about it, whatever. And it was a day that they had planned to do a bunch of stuff in the backyard, um, or to do, a, you know, non-yard work related stuff. 
and she kind of asked me to do it, to, to move, take everything off the truck and like put it on a pile somewhere or whatever. And I was very much in the mode that day of like not doing that sort of thing. I generally am not a manual labor type of guy, but very much was especially that that day. Um, so I did it because, you know, she's my wife and I love her and I'll help her out with that sort of stuff. Um, I'm not going to let her do it. Uh, so, I mean, she should more than happily do it, but, you know, I'd rather just do it because she asked me to, and I told her, I was like, you realize why this sucks, though, right? And, you know, she understood, and and likely that won't happen again, <laughs> you know? So, it's, you know, setting your boundaries a little bit, and, you know, whether it's with a spouse or parent or friend, you know, sometimes there are, you gotta let people know, like, what you're willing to do and what you're not. Uh, that's ultimately what it is. Now, this is more of like a later in life sort of thing. If you're trying to get your foot in the door in a business or with a girlfriend, <laughs> you know, it's like you got to be willing to like bend a little bit more. But after a while, you got to have to like stop doing things you don't enjoy because then it becomes a detriment to your relationship. Your relationship with that with that workplace, you know, you start to like grumble under your breath and like, "Wow, oh, why do they keep asking me to do this thing?" Well, because you're not telling them that you don't want to. So, you, you gotta have to, like, be real about some stuff sometimes. And yeah, sometimes it's gonna be met with arguments. Sometimes it's gonna be like a, well, I need you to help do this more often. And, you know, sometimes you begrudgingly do it. But again, those are situations where, like, you're kind of being paid. You know, with a girlfriend or wife, you're being paid in some obvious ways with partnership and sexy things and all that stuff and, and, and whatnot. Um, and then with jobs, you're typically getting paid. Now with people, you know, you gotta understand that when you're providing free work for people, you have way more leverage in that situation. Uh, by allowing them to run you over and asking for more work, you're kind of, they're, they're trying to regain leverage, essentially. Um, you know, they're trying to do that thing where they're trying to, they're trying to take advantage of you, essentially. So you gotta be careful of that sort of thing. Um, and that's that's essentially what I'm what I'm trying to get at with this segment. Uh, I should have got a breakfast burrito. I keep saying to myself like Fridays you should stop and get a breakfast burrito, and I totally didn't. There's a place near my house that I stop at usually that has good breakfast burritos. Like they're not greasy and too heavy and gross, so that's why I like them. And I I I don't get too much in them. Like I get. Pico de gallo, eggs, and potatoes. That's it. It keeps it nice and clean. There's not too much going on. It's not messy or greasy. Love it. It's fantastic. But, you know, now I'm not getting it, so whatever. Maybe I'll get one for dinner. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Anyway, to sort of cap off this working for free stuff, um, it, it's this, this last segment is kind of interesting because uh, it's a thought that I'm still kind of working through. So I would really love perspective on this. I would love to hear people's opinions on this aspect of it, because it's in reference to um, graphic design services like 99designs uh, and Fiverr, um, things where people do stuff for super cheap and, um, you know, get, get not so quality work, but because of the expectations of the money being paid, um, people are doing lesser work. Um, and getting lesser work or expecting lesser work or people are just using templates and um, I don't know something about that 
is doesn't quite fully sit right with me. Uh, um, I would almost rather people just work for free than to ask for five bucks for shitty work. Is that, I, I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> because somebody would be like, what's the difference? What's the difference between working for free and working for five bucks? I think the expectation is what's different. Um, you know, because if I'm doing something for free for somebody, I'm doing it out of, like, passion. You know, I'm not just taking orders. So I'm doing better work as a result. I think if I'm getting five bucks from a random stranger, I'm going to give them five bucks worth of work, which is not much. So it's it's really like a perception of quality, I guess, because um, I'm really trading my time. And I don't feel like my time is worth five bucks. I feel like I feel like I see more value in building connections. And if I'm give, getting five bucks from a random stranger, I'm not really building a connection. Ooh, excuse me, that was a good burp. I didn't mean to do that. That that was one of those ones that like came out of nowhere, and you're like, oh my god, where was that? Where was that the whole time? Where was that even living? Anyway, so <laughs> gross. I apologize. Anyway, so that's that's basically what it is. It's like you're you're. I mean, in some sense, you're creating a gate to to your services. It's a minimal gate, but like. I don't know, for some reason for me, working for free and doing something out of passion feels better than taking five bucks for, for, for work from a random stranger that I really know nothing about that is going to be more difficult to figure out what their tastes are um, and, and what they'll uh, resonate with. I feel like there'll be more back and forth. Whereas you're doing something for free, you can kind of give it to somebody and they can take it or leave it. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, it's weird. It's, it's, it's a weird thing that I think is kind of interesting. So I think it's an interesting discussion. Because um, I think it hurts the overall value of the industry as well. You know, for me, I've seen the perception of graphic designers go down and down and down. I think there are graphic designers who are making good money, and they found a way to like find good clients, and they have got a good network, and they make things work. And then there's... There's a big gap between like those people and then like everybody else who are just kind of like struggling at the bottom of the barrel um, because you know local businesses would rather have their little cousin who just learned Photoshop make them a logo that doesn't look very good but they don't know any better anyway um, and and you know people's perceptions of design are different than they used to be as long as it's like functional they don't really care um, so they're willing to pay their their little cousin Johnny $15 to do a logo and you know they're happy with it so so where where is that line where is that line between like premium work and you know just local work and I think that's I think maybe that's the struggle for me is like I feel like my work is a little bit more premium and I'm still working in a local sector so maybe that's the disparity for me personally but I don't know I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the topic. So that's going to end this discussion on working for free. I hope you learned something. I hope there's something you would like to discuss. Uh, I hope there's a perspective that maybe you haven't considered and we can talk about it. So if you're on Anchor, 
give a call in. I'd love to hear your perspective on that or echo it and leave your long-winded discussion on it. <laughs> that totally works too. And then I'll echo that. That's totally cool. Um, or if you're listening to the podcast version of this, uh, you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram at rival my design and uh, we can discuss things there. Uh, that'll be fun as well. And then maybe I can bring that new perspective into the podcast as well. So I hope you guys have a good Friday. After this, I'm going to play a little bit of music, and then I'll probably post some call-ins on Anchor. Uh, so anchor.fm slash Christian-Rivera. If you haven't uh, subscribed to Anchor yet, I think it's a great platform. I think it's a lot of fun. If you're a vocal person, I think this is a great place to be. You know, even for me, this morning, I was like, I don't know if I feel like doing it. But I got in the car, and I was like, it's automatic. This is what I want to do. This is what I like doing. So I just talk, and I don't know. I just like hearing my own voice, I guess. It's weird. Though, even though I don't listen back to it. I like hearing my voice in my own head. And then when I hear it out loud, it's not, not always so great. When I podcast at home, whenever I do, like, with my professional stuff, um, I, I monitor it in my ear so I can, like, adjust my tone of voice. Uh, and I'm not doing this now, so I'm trying to be like conscious of like how my voice sounds in my head versus how it actually sounds. I'm a little bit conscious of it. Not self-conscious, like not negatively, but you know, I just want it to, it's, it's a quality thing. I just want it to sound good, uh, and pleasant. That's all. So, uh, not ragging on my own voice. It's totally cool. Anyway, um, so Fridays, I feel like I want to do something fun on Fridays. I don't know. I'll probably just play board music and have discussions with people. Uh, I'll probably listen to people's stations more today than I have this week. And um, depending on my workload, I guess, I got a lot of stuff to do. But I didn't get a chance to go for a walk yesterday. I'm also still kind of sick, so I haven't been doing a lot of physical activity um, and, and really getting away from my desk. So hopefully I get a chance to listen to more people's stations and be able to echo some concepts and talk about some things. And um, go check out Personally Borderline. She has an interview up with her and I, which is about two hours. But if you listen to it on double speed on whatever podcast platform you have, you can listen to it there. Um, so she has an anchor station and she has a podcast. So you can look up Personally Borderline on any podcast thing. And she also does a, does a Fun Fridays thing. I haven't checked that out, so I'll, I'll see what that, that's all about today. Um, and uh, report back as to whether it actually is fun. <laughs> I'm sure it's a good time. She's a fun person, so it'll be great. And um, and check out the uh, intro I made for Darling Rage Nation. I think it's fun. I think I'm still gonna make some tweaks or whatever, but uh, you know, and she's welcome to post it. Molly, you're welcome to post it if you'd like. You're welcome to use it. And then as updates come along, we can use we can do other updates. Uh, and. That's about it. And and one last thing. Since I did do a theme song for Darling Rage Nation, I wanted to throw out there into the ether that if anybody is interested in having their own intro, whether it's like a punk rock thing or if you have a genre that you're interested in, I would like to dabble into other genres. <clears throat> like, punk rock is more natural for me, but I can totally try to play with other things and, and see how that works. And, you know, if it's good, you're welcome to use it. If you don't want to use it, that's totally cool, too. It's it's not a problem. It's just an excuse for me to, like, branch out and try new things. So, um, with that said, I appreciate you listening to this episode of the C-Note Audio Extravaganza. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Oh, yeah, Twitter. Rival My Design. Facebook. All of the things. Rival My Design. 
Uh, Future Boy Media is where I do my photo video stuff. And then Swing for the Fences, soundcloud.com slash swing for the fences. And then Swing FT Fences on Instagram. And then you'll see, like, behind the scenes stuff of me making music and all that fun stuff. So, anyway, talk to you later. Bye.